0: We're all afraid of things that go bump in the night. And it seems like, doesn't it, that everything's a little louder when you're in the dark. You know, you're lying in bed, but you're thinking about, I don't know, creepy clowns, possessed dolls. Well, you may be thinking about that after this week's episode. Welcome to the Low Budget Ghost Squad Presents Very Scary Stories and a few urban legends that still scare me to this day. Hello there, I am Natalie.
1: I'm Allison. And I'm Ethan. During October, we've been bringing you a new set of tales every single Monday. Today is the final one
0: for this Halloween season, and we saved some of our favorites for you. And I wanna warn you, some of these are a little intense, and I'll just say it, some are scary. It doesn't take much to scare me, though, I have to say. But I did want to give everybody a warning, because here we go. Okay, Ethan, let's start with Robert the doll.
1: I love this story. So an eight-year-old boy named Robert Eugene Otto, and his real name, that was his real name, but he went by Gene. He was given this doll that he named Robert. So this was in the early 1900s in Key West, Florida. There are different stories about this doll, but one of them says his grandfather got it from a German company. Another story says the family's housekeeper allegedly practiced
2: voodoo magic and got fired for it. But before she left, she gave Jean, Robert the doll, as kind of a punishment against the family.
0: So Robert the doll wears a sailor suit that was supposedly Jean's. He, or I should say it, is about three feet tall. And he's so if you think about it he's kind of big for a doll and I read this one description about Robert it said he's holding a toy dog and he's covered in small marks that seem to appear a little too like scars with small beady eyes and a smirk on his face Here are some stories about Robert Gene's family
1: would hear him talking to Robert, but this deep, strange voice would be heard talking back to him, and Gene's parents sometimes would wake up hearing Gene scream and find him huddled in a corner with all the furniture turned over, and all there was was Robert staring at him from the foot of the bed. Just staring, as if he was listening to it. Other toys would be torn up and weird things would happen, but Gene would always say, Robert did it. People that would walk by the house would claim that they saw the doll moving from one window to the other.
0: I don't know if I'd walk by that house anymore, but... Okay. So, from what we can tell, the family never tried to get rid of Robert, like I would have. Instead, they just moved him to the attic. And he was up there for years. But strange noises, like footsteps, would be heard from parts of the house that should have been empty. And the servants that they had would start quitting just left and right.
2: And they would hear giggling from upstairs in the attic in the middle of the night. So we're not staying there.
0: Aw, oh, but I want to. No. Because I do have to say, this house is now a bed and breakfast, FYI. So Jean's family eventually
1: died.
2: I don't think it was anything sinister. I think they were just
1: 90. There was not evil doll involved, so... I don't know. So Gene eventually inherited the house, and I'm not really sure how old he was at this time, but he was a grown man. So he brought Robert the doll back downstairs from the attic and put him in the bedroom on the second floor. I think it was his old bedroom. I'm not sure. He kept the doll propped up against the window, and kids would... And kids would be scared to walk by the house because they claimed they saw the doll just disappear and then suddenly reappear. Then, at some point, Gene got married. And I don't really think the wife liked Robert the doll that much. Would you?
0: And the doll got sent back to the attic. Again. How about we just get rid of it?
1: You've seen the movies. That wouldn't work. He'd somehow always come back just like Chucky. But
2: he'd be dressed in a sailor suit with his tiny dog toy and not overalls.
0: Now, some reports allege that Gene spent the rest of his days in his room painting with Robert the doll by his side. And allegedly, his wife
2: died a few years later. And again, I'm
1: assuming she was still living in the house with Robert the doll. So after both of them are gone, I think someone else started living there but they started hearing footsteps
0: in the attic. And there's one version out there that said that one day this plumber was in the house and he claimed he heard giggling. And he turned around, and what did he see? But that doll had moved across the room by itself. No thank you.
1: One guy said he was in front of Robert and his buddy was telling him the story of the doll. And he claims that Robert's expression changed, as if he was following his conversation. One of the guys criticized Jean and then Robert's expression looked mad. One of the men said that there was some kind of intelligence there. I mean the doll was listening to them. So then in 1974, the house gets sold and the new owner claimed that Robert would be in different places than where she
0: put than where she last left him. And I don't know why she's even keeping him there, but I don't know. Uh, But allegedly, and I stress allegedly because it's just this lore that's out there, they'd see a, a different expression on his face. So she ended up donating it to a museum where Robert lives today. But, you know, it doesn't end there.
1: So according to several sites... Some people who have worked at the museum said that they've heard footsteps at night when it couldn't have been anyone else because, you know, it was at night and it was closed. Cameras and other devices will sometimes malfunction when uh, around the doll, And you're supposed to ask permission to take a picture of him.
2: And not from the museum staff, but from Robert himself.
0: And when you're asking for that permission, you're supposed to do it politely or else
1: people that don't claim that they've had freaky car accidents after they leave maybe they lose their job get a divorce you know stuff like that i don't know if we can blame all of that on robert that could be a you problem
0: uh all right uh so we talked about the curse um but okay so the letters we have to tell them about the letters so people send letters to robert but they're apology letters
1: They tell him that they're sorry for being so rude around him, and they hope he'll lift the curse that he once put on them.
0: So if you want to see Robert the doll for yourself, um, it's at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West. And you can see some of those apology letters, too, did you know? Because they're posted up in his little glass display case. I guess he can read them.
1: But remember, be nice to him or else...
0: Let's go to Mississippi now. And the ghost of Deer Island. Now these two fishermen were on an island when they heard something coming from the bushes. And of course, they thought it was just a couple of wild hogs. Which would have been scary
1: enough if it had been wild hogs. But the sound started growing louder.
0: So they went over there. Not saying I would have done that, but there they go to go check things out. And there was a
2: headless Skeleton. Skeleton. My bad. I always say <laughs>
1: Skeleton. you say Skeleton?
2: Skeleton. I love the Nightmare Before Christmas. My bad, y'all.
1: Yes, a headless skeleton.
0: And it was just standing there. I mean, what else is it going to do, I guess? But now these two guys, as you can imagine, took off running, which I can't blame them. And there was this skeleton, headless, running after them. They got away, but the story is based on an old pirate story. So the captain of a pirate ship went to Biloxi Bay to bury a bunch of gold. And he took two of his fellow pirates with him. Now, for some reason, he killed one of them and left the body behind so he could guard the treasure. How's he going to guard
2: the treasure? He's dead. But apparently it worked because now there's some
0: headless skeleton
2: running around.
0: Now, other people claim to back this story up you've seen a headless skeleton running around in the Biloxi area, you let me know. Also in Biloxi, maybe you've seen the firewater ghost. It's this blue light that moves over Biloxi Bay. Now one of the people who talked
1: about seeing the headless skeleton also claimed that he had seen the firewater ghost. That was back in the 1890s. They claimed that they were rowing a boat at 2 in the morning for some reason and
0: there was a blue light. Supposedly, that light is a sentry who patrolled the bay using a lantern to light his way. I can see that. So the same goes for the, like I said, for the headless skeleton. If you see the blue light, the firewater ghost, let us know. Now, I should say all of this information, it came from a site called Explore Southern History. Quite fitting. You know, so many ghost stories seem to be centered around some sort of weird bridge in the middle of nowhere. I don't know why, but we do know of one story that we want to share. It's out of Asheville, North Carolina, and it's called Helen's Bridge.
1: It was built around 1909, something like that.
0: And it connects to the big mansion to the rest of the city. Now, this mansion was called Zealandia. I believe I'm saying that correctly, because the guy who built it had spent years in New Zealand and came back home to Asheville. And this is on top of Bowcatcher Mountain. I just love to say that. So eventually, he died. And somebody got this big old house. Now, we have seen three versions of this story. And I just want to warn you that, overall, this is kind of a really sad story, and it doesn't have a good ending. But it is an interesting ghost story. So uh, just fair warning before we start. You have Helen who moved to Asheville with her baby daughter. And Helen was cooking something and there's a fire and she rushed into the baby's room to get her. But then Helen couldn't get out. Firefighters finally reached Helen and saved her. But they couldn't save her daughter. And when she learned about that, I mean, you can imagine she was devastated and was depressed. And one day, She was walking on Bowcatcher Mountain. Now, she ended up dying there at the bridge. Now, we're not going to go into what she did here in this podcast.
1: Another version says she was at Zealandia when a fire broke out there. You see, some man who was in the mansion, not going to speculate who that was, but he had invited her to a party, but she was hesitant to go because she had her daughter. The guy says, bring her. She can sleep in one of the rooms. Well, a fire breaks out and Helen can't save her daughter like the last story.
0: Same deal. And then I read this version and heads up, it's a little racier. But Helen was living at Zealandia and was having an affair with somebody. I don't know who that was. But lo and behold, she was pregnant. And that guy didn't want to have anything to do with her anymore. Now, at the time, this would have been super scandalous. And she was so distraught about it you know what happened.
1: But with all those versions of events, the one constant thing is that she died on that bridge. And some have said she
2: could still be there. They've heard screams. Others have claimed to have seen her searching for her baby. And then she's gone. And one story I read said she's actually talked to some people.
0: Now others have seen a shadow figure.
2: Let's just hope it's Helen and not some weirdo. Anyway, we were told you have to go to the bridge, turn off your car, and yell for her. Helen! We heard heard just once was enough, but another website says you have to do it three times. Maybe you'll see her,
0: maybe not. But supposedly, many a person has had car trouble after that. Their car batteries are dead. Or maybe they just have my car battery because I swear that's always a problem I have.
2: We tried to find Helen's bridge, but what we were going to do there, I don't know.
0: Drove up Bowcatcher Mountain, those skinny little roads with these dramatic drop-offs off to the side where you'd look straight down the mountain. And we kept going and going. It was on our navigation map, but we never did see it. And we kept looking and looking. And there were write-ups about people walking there, so I'm assuming it still exists. Maybe it's nestled somewhere where the road doesn't go anymore. Or maybe... We just don't have any sense of direction, which is highly likely. But we were ready to call her once, twice, three times. It didn't matter. But I was for sure, if Helen had answered us, my car would have died. And maybe me too. So I think this next story is one of our favorites that we found when we were researching all these crazy stories. So here we go. The 16-year-old girl had this babysitting job, and you know nothing good can come out of this when you're doing scary stories, but okay, she gets to the house where she's going to be babysitting and meets the family. Two kids seem sweet, so are mom and dad, but it gets weird because the parents say, hey, after the kids go to sleep, we'd really prefer you to watch TV in our bedroom because the kids have been waking up screaming lately, and so if you're up there, you know, you'll be close by. They're right next door. Uh, right from the get-go, I would have thought that was weird. But no one ever realizes that they're actually, like, in a horror movie until it's too late. So, okay. I go on. So the kids go to sleep. Everything seems okay. Until one of them says right before they're about to fall asleep, Please don't let that clown get us tonight. And she didn't leave right then? Oh, no. She didn't leave. She puts them to bed. And then she goes into the parents' bedroom and wants to watch television.
2: Again, so strange.
0: So she's in there and she notices like this bizarro clown statue that's in the corner of their bedroom. And it's like the creepiest thing you've ever seen. And she feels like it's staring at her. But stupidly, she doesn't do anything about it, like leave. Now, I will say she does throw a blanket over it, so at least it's not looking at her. But her cell phone rang at that moment, right after she did that. And she answers it, and it's the kid's parents, you know, checking on things. And she says, oh, yeah, everything's okay. But um, I do have to say that that clown statue, it's been freaking me out. So I actually covered it up. I hope you don't mind. there was silence on the other end and then the girl heard the mom say uh we don't have a clown statue (gasps) and she slowly turns around and there was the blanket on the floor but where was the clown
2: oh my god oh my gosh! (laughs) okay this entire time i've been picturing kyle's clown
0: Kyle is our neighbor and he has this, I don't know, scary clown statue thing he puts up every Halloween. And it's funny because some years he'll move it around every night. So it's always in a different place and you think that thing's moving around. And you know what? It kind of looks like he's looking at you. And if you want to see a picture of Kyle's clown go to our Facebook and Instagram page at Low Budget Ghost Squad and you can follow our YouTube
2: channel that has the same name.
0: We hope that you have enjoyed these collection of tales that we've put together for you during this Halloween season, especially this week's Things That Go Bump in the Night. Well, we are hard at work to bring you Season 2, our latest adventure at a haunted hotel. And this time, it's at the Lord Baltimore Hotel. And it is a beautiful old hotel with a few ghosts who don't want to leave. And at least one spirit there definitely wanted us to get out. Now, here is a preview of Ethan's reaction about what happened to us in the ballroom. And this is an actual recording from right outside that room taken in the hotel. So come here. How, how do you feel about what just happened in there?
1: I do actually believe that there is an angry spirit there that is really mad at us because every single time we've been in there, it's been freakishly cold. We've always got, got answered that's like, get out, don't come back. It's gotten, like I said, it's got freakishly cold, and I, do, I don't like it in there.
0: And you know what's funny? As I'm listening to it to put together this podcast, I hear something that I don't remember hearing when we were there. And we'll talk more about that in season two. Now, we're hoping to have that ready for you soon, so be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast so you can be among the first to hear what happened at the Lord Baltimore Hotel.
1: And of course, the Low Budget Ghost Squad is part of Spellbound Productions. Mom did the writing, editing, directing, producing, and
0: telling us what to do. And thank you, of course, to Allison and Ethan for teaching us that if you have a scary doll in your house, just get rid of it.